Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters podcast. This is episode 50. You got Chris and Brian. Uh, today we're going to do our end of 2020, end of 2019 wrap up. <laughs> uh, sorry, jump ahead a year there. Uh, yeah, so this is the, the end of 2019 wrap up. Um, some things we've been playing with, um, some things we've gotten to, to test drive and to actually put through their paces over the course of the year, and then some things we're excited about going into 2020. Yeah, guys. There's a you know this is this is definitely um, if, if you're a an AR person, especially an AR builder, um, this has absolutely been the year of the AR pistol. Um, you know, I know they've been out on the market for a couple of years, but this year just seems to be the year that everything has blown up. Um, everybody's kind of figured out that you know, wow, um, an AR and five five six, the ballistics aren't actually in the tank if you're using the right ammo. Um, a short barreled AR. Um, you know, it doesn't give up accuracy. It doesn't give up, you know, all this, that, and the other, all the things everybody thought were the failings of a short AR, um, that, that, that most of us have known for a while, Hey, these things aren't actually true. A 10 and a half or 11 and a half or 12 and a half inch gun can get a lot of work done for you. You can still reach out 300 meters and with good ammo is going to do what you need it to do. Um, and with a lot of those kind of myth, that mythology being busted up and, and, you know, being, being put in print places and being out in the world in different places, People are jumping on ARs. Um, 300 Blackout has helped immensely. Yeah, uh, A lot of guys are interested in 300 Blackout. If you want to push a big bullet subsonic super, super quietly um, in an AR platform, 300 Blackout is, has has definitely taken a big chunk of the market there for subsonic use specifically. Um, if you want AK ballistics out of a short-barreled AR, uh, 300 Blackout supersonic seems to do just about that. Um, just a ton of versatility. The manufacturers, you know, were heading onto this train earlier in the year. Um, the builder world was on it the year before, but it's just, it really kind of blew up this year. I would say that we've actually sold more AR pistols this year than we have long guns. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, pro- and I'm, I'm actually, I know, I know we're, we're a, I know we're a gear store that sells guns. Um, but you know, we, we probably, I'm going to say maybe two to one, maybe two to one. Um, Bravo company has some outstanding products in an 11 and a half inch and five, five, six, um, and like nine, 10, 11 inch and 300 blackout. Uh, Daniel Defense obviously has their Mark 18. They have their V7Ss and stuff like that. Um, those guns are—they're are, proving to be very, very handy little tools to have around, uh, especially yeah. when you do something like throw a, a you know, a dot, a flashlight, in a law side folder on them. Um, all of a sudden, that almost becomes a briefcase bag, but it's definitely a backpack bag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really, really makes the gun a lot easier to transport. Uh, helps keep the weight down because we're using a shorter barrel, a shorter handguard. Helps you to stay legal. Um, the reality is you don't want to be over 26 inches and the ATF's ruling earlier this year changed the measurement uh, from the folded area of the stock, not the length of the buffer tube, if it's a folder, yeah. um, you know, to the muzzle. And so if you need to stay under 26, if you're thinking that that's your pistol and you want to challenge the, I'm carrying this as a handgun against my CHL, um, then that's going to help you stand under that 26 from a legal perspective. Um, but yeah. we're not going to be in court with you, so be careful with that one. And at the same time, that law folder gives you a meaningful increase in length of pull, which makes that gun a lot easier to shoot from the front. Yeah, definitely. The, the you know puts an inch or an inch and a quarter on that gun, and if you don't think an inch and a quarter matters, ask your wife or your girlfriend; she'll tell you. Um, so it's it's pretty cool to have that extra length there, a little little better eye relief, a little more comfort there. So for certain. Yeah, uh, and then to add to that, uh, I think this year has been the year that like the low power variable optic has really come in to to prove itself. Yeah, I mean, um, I think people are kind of realizing the capabilities. They're they're realizing, you know, you you kind of bore this out over the last couple of years, running them and running them pretty hard. 
um, and a lot of our customers have too. And the guys that do multi-gun running rifles and rifle competitions and stuff like that, they've known that for a number of years. Um, but you, you know, you're not giving up, you're either not giving up anything or you're giving up very, very, very little over a dot optic, but you're gaining so much more capability, um, on the back end going to higher magnification. So, I mean, you know, you might talk a little bit about that with what you've experienced because you've definitely been beaten on them. Yeah. I mean, running and to say we came up with this, we didn't, um, the dev group guys were doing this, you know, the shorty platform with the low power variable when they went into Afghanistan in 2001. Yep. Um, if you don't believe us, check out some of Kyle DeFore's posts on Instagram because he's definitely talked about it. Uh, but running either the Trigicon, um, the 1-8 to AccuPower on the 11.3-inch pistol, uh, or I've run 1.5 to 6s in the past uh, mm-hmm. from US Optics. We just got in some new 1-6 um, to six US Optics uh, target series optics um that we're really excited to see get used out in the real world um yeah i mean being able to to run just as fast as just as fast as a red dot you know up close and then when it comes time to make that more precision hit you're dialing in the magnification that you need um be that 3x or 6x um and then having these these optics you know with first focal plane we're actually able to use the reticle subtensions for holdover. Yeah. Um, so you got a very repeatable holdover if you know the distance to the target. Um, the same with your windage calls. And it, it really becomes a, okay, put the intersecting lines where you want the bullet to go. You yeah. Know, send it. If you need to adjust, you have a, a much more defined point in your optic to adjust from. Yeah. And we another thing we've seen with the low power variables too um, is something that a, a lot of the hunting world, um, guys who guys who hunt over optics a lot, um, depending on how you hunt, um, uh, have really embraced low power variables because the reality check is, you know, the the kill zone on an elk or a deer, um, you know, is about six inches, you know, four to six inches tall, depending on who you talk to, and then eight to twelve inches long for heart lung. Um, and a low power variable gives you enough magnification to maybe make that, you know, that 200 to 300 yard shot that you normally wouldn't have taken with iron sights. Um, you know, but, but it's not so big and heavy that you're lugging around a five to 20 in the field. And not that that doesn't have its application, mm-hmm. but we've kind of seen some almost to the point of absurdity, long shots being taken over the last couple of years on critters. Um, and in some cases I'd say it's not ethical depending on who the shooter is. In some cases I'd say it's perfectly ethical depending on the shooter is without getting into that debate, the one to six or one to eight is just a whole lot handier because if something pops up up close 30 yards away, you're on it. Um, as long as you don't have your scope cranked up, you know, if you leave it down on one X where it should be. So yeah. we're seeing the, the, you know, the LPVOs pop up a lot of interesting places and kind of, there's almost a little bit of a revival in those. Whereas the dangerous game guys in Africa, you know, knew about running, you know, relatively low power optics a long time ago. Um, one of the things that's also come up with this too, as you know, as law enforcement pushes into patrol rifles, um, you know, we've seen some guys like Greg Elifritz, um at Active Response Training, you know, have a conversation around um, maybe it's not just shooting the gun, maybe it's seeing what's going on 100 or 150 yards away, um, giving the officer some standoff distance, but some ability to kind of get eyes on the situation and see what's going on from a distance, or a little better through, you know, I think he mentions like being able to see through a plate glass window um, in certain situations and seeing what's going on inside a little better, and the magnification helps with that. Would binoculars do that too? Yup, but you got to carry them with you. And if you're going in that situation, you're going to grab the rifle 
versus, you know, are you going to grab everything else too? And you can only carry so much. So it's a force multiplier for, for, you know, the patrol officer too. So and it, it gives that patrol officer a, an ability to be more of an overwatch for his team. Yep. Um, you know, we started looking at big box stores, schools with some really long, yeah, either concourses or hallways or open areas, however well, you want to describe them. Uh, yeah, I mean, campuses, a, campuses, yeah. a bunch of local <clears throat> high schools have multiple building campuses that, that take up, you know, tens of acres on a campus. Um, never mind the fact that a number of the local schools have hallways that are, you know, th- there are a whole bunch of schools that have 300 foot long hallways in them. That's a lot. That's yeah. a big building to take a shot down, especially in the chaos of, of, a, of a real event. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, you know, uh, along with uh, the AR pistol, the low power variable, um, some neat stuff popping off there. Um, we'll talk a little bit about flashlights. Uh, right at the end of the year, Surefire, after two years of teasing us and driving us just a little bit crazy, um, throughout the last year, year and a half, Surefire's come out with a number of 1,000, 1,200, and 1,500 lumen lights um, you know, in different configurations, whether they're for optics or, I mean, for, for long guns, for handguns, or for, for just throwing in your pocket. Um, but one of the lights that came out about, you know, two years ago um, that's been really popular uh, was the Stiletto. But at the same time, they announced the Stiletto, and then they pulled a Glock, um, and right behind it, after everybody bought one, announced the Stiletto Pro. But unlike Glock, they didn't actually bring it to market. It's taken them about two years to get the heat sinking so, down on it. Surefire timing. Yeah, surefire timing. So um, we call that, you know... Well, there's a family thing going on there. But anyway, yeah, there's there's that delay there um, that Surefire pulls occasionally, and this is one of them. I will say, in their defense, they they didn't bring it to market because it wasn't ready to go to market, and it needed some heat sink correction and stuff like that. Um, the product they brought to market now in the thir- in the thousand lumen Stiletto Pro went all aluminum. It's a bigger bezel uh, or a bigger uh, bigger reflector, um, little differential. It's it's not a it's 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 not their Max Vision. Precisely, it's got a little more of a hot spot to it, but it's putting out enough light that it still lights up a room, has a little more reach, um, you know, and it's still USB rechargeable. It's still flat in your pocket. It still has really good switching. Um, the fact that they added, you know, kept the constant on, super bright only on the back that overrides everything else. Um, I, I think that light is going to be a home run. You're looking at something that's going to street value right at two hundred dollars. Um, and you can actually get one now, which is really, really cool. So, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. You played with one a little bit. I've been yeah. running a regular stiletto for a while. Yeah, I actually use mine to stop traffic a number of nights. Uh, down in the short north the uh, last couple of weeks, I've been doing uh, food basket stuff for church. Oh, very cool. And when we're moving the trucks, like once the trucks start moving to get them parked, like traffic can wait. Yeah. And I'm able to make traffic wait just blinding. Blinding and kind of very easily strobing that light. There isn't a built-in strobe feature, but you can tap the back switch quite rapidly, and it works like a strobe when you want it, um, and only when you want it, unlike yeah. all the other lights with strobes in them that yeah. tend to strobe when you don't want it. Uh, yeah, I've been really happy. to It just disappears in my pocket. I don't even know I've got it on me. Absolutely. Yeah, and when you compare it to the original <laughs> Stiletto, um, it, it's, it's a little bit longer in, in every dimension, um, but, but I don't think it's enough that matters having played with both of them side by side. I think I'm going to, after, after we get past the Christmas crush, um, I'm, I'm going to ping, take one out of inventory and, and buy it and upgrade with, from what I have right now. Um, one of the features that I, I really, I know that there's ups and downs about having something that's USB rechargeable, um, that you can't throw batteries into off the street. 
Um, you know, I, I get that, it, you know, that if you need double A's in your EOTech, you know, circa 1998, that you could pick them up out of any, you know, remote controller in any crack house across the country because there's probably still a 50-inch TV on the wall somewhere. But, um, you know, this device is probably something that's a little more of a personal item to carry around. Um, I found the battery life to be ridiculous on mine. I'll be curious to see what it looks like on something putting out a thousand lumens instead of 650. Um, having, but as a functional light that does a lot of different things for you and also does very well as a defensive or tactical light, it's it's a pretty cool tool. And seeing it push up into a thousand lumens with a little bit better beam um, is really exciting for that light. The other thing they did too that I think you pointed out is a little bit of genius. Um, they they followed some points from the knife industry and made it carryable tip up or tip down. Um, so if you are, say you're law enforcement undercover and, and you're trying to be a little bit more stealthy, um, a, a negligent white light discharge with the tip of that up lets everyone know where you're at. The, the white light discharge with the tip of it down, if it's in a pocket, it, at worst case, it's embarrassing, but it's not lighting everything in the whole world up. So still something to be aware of. Um, it does get hot when it's on, so it'll let you know it's on. So, but anyway, yeah. cool, cool light, cool option. Um, along with that, uh, Streamlight also has come out with a number of small lights that are USB rechargeable. Um, they have some tiny little pocket lights now, 250 lumens, more than enough to get someone's attention with, to signal with. That's something that if you're hiking or you're out in the woods and something happens, you get hurt, and then you find yourself in the dark, 250 lumens will get a lot of attention from a long way away. Um, and again, USB rechargeable, so if you carry a Mophie around or you carry some kind of uh, charger brick around, you can recharge it off whatever you'd recharge your phone with. Um, you know, keep them both going, keep comms in order, keep signaling in order, and have that tool with you. But in a in a backpacker's arsenal, um, it becomes something that's literally a, a four-inch long light that's maybe three-quarters of an inch diameter at its widest point and weighs next to nothing. Um, and if you're doing one of the solar bricks, um, you can, you know, keep it topped off, no problem. Yeah. So, you know, there's even, even the companies that we don't view as quite so sexy as maybe Surefire or some of the others, um, are, are have, have stepped up their game both size-wise and capability-wise in some of these lights. Um, you know, we're not a super big fan of the Streamlight Switchology in their handheld lights, um, but but Taking from a tactical standpoint, from a tactical standpoint, um, <clears throat> but as a utility light, they're flipping outstanding. Um, you know, it is something definitely to take a look at. So, um, not a whole lot new on pistol lights. Um, we we've seen some crash and burn already. Uh, Nightstick and Olight, you know, Nightstick's a relatively new company in the market. We got in one of their testers and broke it almost immediately. Uh, my understanding is they'll fix it. I know some guys that, that probably beat on stuff a little harder than we do that are test driving some Nightstick stuff um, and are, are having good luck with them. Uh, some tactical LE guys that have been playing with them just to see. And, and the one gentleman I know has had good luck with his, like I said, mine didn't hold up at all. Um, the O-Lights, we had O-Lights uh, running with a PD here locally. Uh, they wetted out pretty quickly and had corrosion issues internally. Maybe they fixed that. Maybe they haven't. I don't know. But something to keep an eye on. I think you're going to see some players come up in the weapon light world. I just don't think they're quite there yet. Um, you know, long gun light world, same thing. There's a couple new kids on the block out there um, that, are, that I think we're, we'll be talking about in 2020 for certain, um, that are kind of going to take the world by storm. Um, we'll be beating on some of those newer brands for rifle lights over the winter because we do a lot of low light over the winter. Um, also a good test of battery life and durability in the cold, um, in the snow and in the rain because in Ohio it seems to rain on us um, more than it does snow. 
So we should have some some kind of reliability slash durability information on some of the new kids on the block coming up here too. So you know, check in with us January, February, March, and see where we're at with those new kids because that's that's coming too, and I think that's going to kind of set that part of the world on its ear. Um, Surefire, if you're paying attention, you had better step up your game because there's two kids coming for you. So yeah, in the in the meantime, if you're looking for the weapon mounted light that still basically does everything, um, the Surefire X300 Ultra. Yeah. Um, a model for pistols, B model for long guns. Yeah. Um, or or it's both. The, um, it's the tiny yeah. little yeah, tiny yeah, little light they can. That's it. You know, and and, and uh, you know, throw out a nod, a, 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 a absolute agreement with that. I run the A models on just about everything. If it's going to be rifle dedicated, grab a B model. Um, if your holster will let you run a B model, then run a B model on the handgun too. Um, but the X three hundred Ultras, as far as ability to do a lot of different things, really well. It's a super, super versatile little tool. Um, you know, and I even asked some guys that have practiced pulling them off the guns and using them as handheld lights um, just so they have that option should they need it, you know, in certain spaces. So, um, man, it's a, it's a brave new world. There's some cool stuff in it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what else. I'm sure there's been other revolutionary stuff that's escaping me right now. But. I think the, the resurgence of the 9mm uh, carbine, uh, yeah. whether that is a, a full-on... Yeah. You know, 16-inch uh, pistol-caliber carbine for PCC competition, or you know, I'd call it a anywhere from five to probably eight-inch barreled, uh, more submachine gun SMG style. Yeah. You know, with, but with a pistol brace. Yep. Um, so you can have the shorty and still shoulder it, and it it's just an awesome little package. Yeah, I mean, if you you know if you like, we're standing here looking at the wall in the shop right now. Um, you know, CZ, um, is doing their Scorpion Evo in a micro configuration or in a standard pistol configuration with a slightly longer barrel, both with a sliding style, telescoping a, style stock or a side folder, which is a lot more shootable. Um, we're looking at a Bruger and Tomei APC 9K on the wall right now with a side folding stock that's all kind of oozy except sexy and not clunky. Um, you know, we're looking at HK knockoffs and with the new HK SP5s coming out, which are inbound. Um, you know, there's, there's some amazing stuff out there on the wall. The AR9s, uh, companies like CMMG stepping out there and doing a roll, rotating bolt 9mm gun, a little less bolt mass, a little less uh, buffer mass, a little less recoil, um, and a really smooth shooting little AR9 platform. Or Noveski kicking it old school, bringing the Space Invader out, running, you know, Colt stick mags, um, but, but tuned to the nth degree. Yeah. yeah, with that had really slick bottom mag release. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, there's just the the AR9 market um, is 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 way less conforming than it used to be, and it was the wild wild west two years ago, and now it, it you know AR9s, um, MP5 knockoffs and MP5s, Brigger and Tomei storming the gates, uh, you know CZ people finally realizing the CZ is a good option. Um, man, there's just a lot going on in the AR9 world. I, I'm really excited to see this APC9K and APC9 and see where the market goes with those guns because what we're hearing is that they are just ridiculously smooth guns. Uh, we've got a couple of customers who have had professional access to um, MP5 SDs, which is a nine-ish pound tank of a gun and everybody talks about the mp5 being so smooth well it's because it's a freaking seven pound nine millimeter um essentially overgrown pistol um yeah. you know there's it's the reason it's so smooth is because it's heavy the apc9 a lot of guys that have run both of them side by side are saying that this apc with its hydraulic buffer type system or whatever it's got going on um even as a blowback gun is every bit as smooth as an mp5 
uh, and weighs probably a third less. Um, so Easily. that's interesting to see yeah. what's coming out on the market. Same thing, the CZ PDW type guns, a uh, little bit heavier bolt, a little more blowback feeling gun, um, but still not something that you know you can keep it on target and run it really hard. Um, and then the CMMGs with the rotating bolt in the AR9 system, you know, again, really interesting. Um, and then tunable AR9s, uh, you know, whether it's competition or whether it's something you're going to use, you know, for, for training or work. Um, some of these guns are getting tuned to the nth degree. Just handled a JP 9mm yesterday, uh, race gun, and some really slick stuff in, in that market that I had kind of not really paid enough attention to, apparently, because I find myself swimming in it all of a sudden, and I don't think it happened all that fast. Yeah, and I mean, the beautiful thing with the, the 9mm carbines or 9mm subgun pistols uh, is you can shoot them just about anywhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we're running 9mm ball rounds, so shooting them on indoor ranges is easy. Um, shooting them on steel targets at whatever the minimum distance for your club is for pistols um, is, a, is a total green light on that. Uh, and then you know, still be able to stretch them out, you know, 50, 100 yards um, yeah. without too much trouble. Yeah, and, and you can make it quiet. Um, you know, you can suppress a 5.56 AR, but it's still going to crack and make noise. Um, if you're shooting on your buddy's property um, and there's, you know, something going on at the neighbor's house safely next door, um, you can suppress a 9mm and go shoot. And the reality check is, in, unless somebody's really paying attention, they're not going to know you're there. Um, so being they're, a good neighbor. They're really not going to know you're there if you're running 147 grain subs. Yeah, absolutely. The top shot stuff we found at 950 feet per second is just ridiculously quiet um, out of a suppressed gun. So definitely some really neat options out there. Um, what else has popped? Yeah, the, the single stack 9mm uh, defensive pistol. Yeah. Or single stack-ish, let's yeah, say. Yeah, or, or, or just how about this, just tiny. Um, the, some of the new tiny little pistols. Yeah, clock um, with the, the 48, the 43X. Yep, the, yeah. And, so. and you're getting into guns that you have big freaking meat hooks and you can hang on to one of those guns, yeah. Um, you know, one of our partners here actually just, just uh, we just unloaded his 43 um, to about the luckiest young lady in the world because she got the gun, seven mags, two holsters, etc. because one of our partners is upgrading from the 43 to the 48 or 43X, one or the other. Um, but big-handed dude... And, and wants to have his meat hooks on something that he can get, that he can fill up the grip with, and the 48 was it. Um, those, and not feel like he's going to blow his thumb off. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, you know, so that, that part of the market, um, I'll, I'll throw the P365XL into that market. Um, the P365, I'm not sure I'm still comfortable with, but that's your call. I'll let you test drive it. Um, but the XL definitely is there. Um, and some of these guns, too, are, are similar in size to, like, the 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 trusted and reliable M&P 9mm single stack like the, the Shield. Especially um, the, the Shield 2.0. Yeah, the new Shield 2.0s. Uh, you know, the, two, the Shield's always been a solid gun without a crappy trigger. Like the early, the, unlike the early M&Ps, it's been the 2.0 trigger for three years or four years already. Um, but, you know, Smith's doing that. They're doing a, a single stack 9mm now in the EZ, the Easy Racking gun, yeah. along with the 380s. So there are some guns that are kind of filling that gap from between too small and too big to carry easily. Too small to shoot well, too big to carry easily. There's a lot of stuff out there that's popped up just in the last 12 months in that market that are really, really interesting guns um, that, that, you know, some people are finding them kind of as like that, that guilty pleasure kind of thing where they don't want to admit they're carrying something that's not 15 rounds. But man, is it easy to hide lightweight and easy to carry. And we're also seeing potentially some 15-round mags on the horizon 
um, from some different manufacturers for these single stack ish Glocks. Yeah. So yeah, some some cool stuff coming there too. Well, and your 365 XL is what 12 rounds in the mag. Uh, 12 rounds in the mag, potentially 15 with an extended mag, um, and a gun that you know is is for all the world just a touch bigger than a Glock 43. Yeah. Um, you know, and and so and still a little smaller overall than like a 43x or a 48. Um, and, and, and very comfortable, especially for folks with small hands, the front to back length of the grip is, is shorter and the, and the width is about the same. So your overall circumference drops dramatically and your reach to the trigger drops dramatically. So if you have big hands, that might not be a good option, but if you have small hands and want more capacity, that's really, really interesting. Um, and it's not a straight up P365, it's an XL. And that seems to make all the difference in the fact of making it work. So, yeah. yeah. Indeed. Yeah, and to add on that, you know, if you're looking for the the double stack, more you know, traditional size pistol, um, the Glock 45 this year. Yeah. Um, make taking the 17 frame, so you're getting the narrow part of the gun is just a little bit longer on the grip. The palm swells a the little palm bit swells lower. lower. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you can get if you're you got big hands, uh, you can get a little bit more finger on the trigger. Yeah. Run the trigger a little bit more like a vice than a lever. If you got smaller hands, it just makes the gun a lot easier to hold on to, um, you know. And then having the 19 sized slide and barrel cuts a little bit of weight off that pistol versus the 17. And still doesn't hurt concealability. Sometimes going too short leaves too much of the gun over the belt, on top of the belt to conceal well to control. Uh, good holsters mitigate that, but generally, if you run a height of 26, you buy a 19 holster. If you already rock a 19, and over the winter you want a couple more rounds in the gun, or you just decide you like the better grip on the gun, then the 45 is really interesting. It was funny because all the Glock guys screamed out in agony when the 45 came out because it was backward. Everybody wanted a 19 grip with a 17 slide, um, which I, I'll be shocked if Glock ever does. But putting a couple more rounds capacity in the gun, but lightening it up a little bit. Um, a, a lot of guys pick that gun up and realize because of the longer lever of the longer grip and a little more controllability and a slight change in grip angle off the back of the grip, um, you know, they found that the gun points just a little bit better. They can hold on to it just a little bit better. Um, and it became one of those, this is the dumbest thing ever to, Hey, I kind of like this. Mm. Um, yeah, so we've, that's again, we've sold a lot of this year. Um, and they're doing it in the MLS, they're doing it in the different series guns. So you can, you know, you can have it however you want it pretty well. So heck, we even have one in here right now that has American threads with a Glock barrel. It's actually yeah. a Glock manufactured, but correct threaded barrel for a suppressor with suppressor height sights on it. So that's pretty cool. Um, that Glock's, Glock's not, he may need to turn up his bell tones, but he's not completely toned up. So, yeah. Cool. And uh, I guess to wrap things up, um, this is kind of the first year we've both run optics on our concealed carry pistols for the whole year. Yeah. Um, which has been, I would say, a game changer. I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Um, I, I, we, I, I could drone on forever about how much I like my dot, but those, you know, if you listen to the podcast to this point, you'll hear me say I, I'm, I'm not going back to having a, at least one defensive gun that I'm comfortable with set up properly with an optic on it. Um, it is absolutely a game changer from age 46 to age 48. The eyes changed, um, and the dot lets me do a lot, a lot, a lot better at distance or a lot better, more precision at intermediate distance and things of that nature. I, I just, it's, it's, if you haven't tried it, you should, if you haven't tried it, you should, if you've got perfect eyesight, um, and, 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 and nothing that will threaten you is ever more than 10 feet away, then don't, don't worry about it. But other than that, it's something to check out. Yeah. Yeah. 
So. Yeah, honestly, it helps extend the the realistic effective use of the pistol easily 20 yards. Uh, for sure. Maybe for sure. maybe even out, you know, an extra 50 yards on top of whatever you're comfortable shooting at. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, for sure. So that's, that's definitely been a game changer, and I think you're going to see that blow up too. Um, in that market, there are some products out there. We obviously were big fans of the Trigicon RMRs for carry-on guns. Um, that the 06 3.25 MOA dot with the, you know, with the auto adjust is a pretty slick feature, pretty slick. It's probably the go-to optic in that genre. Um, but if you also want to take a look at, you know, we carry like the 507C, we'll have the 508s as the titanium ones become available. And those are optics that some of the guys out there beating on them seem to think are durable enough to use. Yeah, and those are the hollow suns, um, for those not included. Yeah, in sorry, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, the ho- and, and you know, and I'll, I'll throw that out there too. We're seeing some hollow suns pop up in some interesting places um, that you know that we'll be talking about probably more about hollow sun and 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 six hour non magnified optics um, in 2020 because we're seeing them pop up in some guys' hands that were kind of shocking us and their responses have been you know hey we've been beating the snot out of them for years and they work so that's that's something to keep an eye on going into 2020 as well. Um, is hollow suns getting more and more interesting and, and changing the game a little bit. So again, I'll throw the same warning out to Trigicon that I threw out the Surefire. Um, when it comes to little durable optics, um, you know, Trigicon and Aimpoint might want to look at trying to make stuff that's just as good that costs a little less um, because there's some people chasing you down pretty hard. So, yeah. Yep. So awesome. Uh, on that note, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We will most likely see most of you guys in 2020. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, you can find us on social media as long as they let us stick around. <laughs> um, we're here at Cap City Outfitters on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, visit us on the web at CapCityOutfitters.com and stop into the store. 4465 Cemetery Road, com. We're in Hilliard, Ohio. Uh, if you got ideas um, for future topics for the podcast, um, please drop us an email, uh, info at capcityoutfitters.com. Uh, we just got one one suggestion in this morning from Larry, so we will be working on that um, going into 2020. Uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year.